Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. Hi. So here we are in the second month of 2021. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And the theme for this month is riffing on the word light leader. That's probably two words, but anyway, I see it as one light leader. And so uh, the next letter is I, and I have chosen the word inspiration to be the theme of the month inspiration. And one of the definitions of inspiration besides breathing in to inspire or breathe in that breath, it's also the breath of spirit breathing through us. Interesting, huh? So to breathe in things that images, ideas, concepts, that inspire you, inspire you to be a better person, inspire you to dive deeper within yourself and learn how to love and respect yourself. I know I'm working on it still. It's, it's like an ongoing thing for me, uh, but to inspire, not only breathing in that breath of spirit, that breath of air that moves and uh, makes our our physical body function, but to breathe in these ideas and concepts um, from the shows you're going to be listening to this month, uh, inspiration. And again, I want to remind everybody, if you haven't, uh, join my Facebook group. We're doing workshops in the group, and uh, you can find out more about it. If you want to get on our newsletter, go to susanburrell.com and sign up, and that way you'll be in the know of what the rest of 2021 is going to bring for living an empowered life. Here's our show. So today I'm really curious how this conversation is going to go because um, my guest has an energy system that absolutely unique unto him, but he's got this amazing light with him and I could feel it before we even started recording. So before we dive into the conversation with my guest today, I want to remind everybody to join my Facebook group, Live an Empowered Life. Um, we're doing lots of workshops there because of the shutdown. Uh, we are doing a lot of support and exploration and also to get my book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-day journey. We're doing book studies on that now. Uh, to support everyone in moving forward, in living the most amazing, joy-filled, brilliant, and opulent life you can as loving yourself more than you ever have. So that's, that's my pitch. And so then today, I want to welcome author, speaker, and a businessman also, which is so powerful. Um, I want to welcome Aaron McCormick. Aaron, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Susan. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited too. So Aaron's book that just came out, he shared with me right before the COVID, I have to watch my language, stuff happened, um, is called Unbounded 
journey to your within. I'm just going to show everybody in case you can see this and read it backwards. Okay. So, um, so I was telling you, Erin, that your book, just the title caught me, Unbounded, because um, the work I do is about emancipating ourselves from those inner shackles of belief systems that keep us stuck, energetically stuck. And your book, the other part is Journey to Within. So Unbounded Journey to Within. I, I love the title. And would you share with everybody how that title came about? Absolutely. Yeah. So to your point about the shackles, it just becomes, it became clear to me that both in my own experience and my soul and my essence, and as I look at the journeys of all of our compadres, all our fellow humans, it's as if, uh, and when you study even children, babies, toddlers, we start with a very authentic spark or essence that belies mm -hmm. all the physical heredities, traits sometimes, mm -hmm. it belies the, the social situation we enter, the prevailing attitudes of a home, all these different things. And we gradually morph into what we actually are physically. So we morph into our uh, name reputation, we morph into our belief systems, our biases, our fears, our ideals, um, and all the things that we strive or aspire to become or embody are yeah. all things that are learned. So it's this notion that um, the mind has begun consuming information the minute we were born, so to speak, as in consciously absorbing information. But that unspoken essence, whatever you want to call it, was there before you began becoming molded by these things, both in your household and in your culture, your surroundings, all that sort of stuff. And some of these things that these energies that uh, hit us or that we absorb are congruent. Some of them match us and those yeah. wouldn't be a binder. And binders are specifically individual. What's a binder to me may not be a binder to you. It may be something that is really uh, you know, congruent within you. So what is a binder? A binder is any idea, set of ideals, energy, beliefs, um, biases, fears, all the things that motivate us to act or to not act mm -hmm. for all this, all this sort of stuff mm -hmm. um, that is formed to our original essence. Yeah. So, go ahead. Uh, so I agree with you, Aaron, on all of that because, um, so I call the essence a, the divine spark. I think we all are divine sparks. It doesn't, you don't have to have a religion, you yeah. know, to hang up that you're a divine spark. And, and, and because of that, uh, we're energy systems. That's my belief. And, and I know that that's true for me in my body. I, I think it's true for you. So being, when you say a binder, um, it, it, those, uh, how we're, what you were just talking about, your, your upbringing and all of those things that become the, what the mind is, is eating, if you will, digesting, um, it really, that kind of stuff can really clog your energy system in your body. So, and it derails you right from right. your actual true soul purpose. Absolutely. And everything that you <clears throat> draw in and experience is deviated mm -hmm. deviation from what you actually want. In other words, if we are an energy field, yes. and we've allowed these other energies to suppress or kind of envelop the real energy field that we are, 
So now you have this inauthentic thing that's surrounding our aura, so to speak, if you can have a word picture here. And if that, that field is what's drawing, you are drawing based upon a deviation of yourself. So you're drawing uh, friendships and mates and uh, jobs, careers. You're drawing all kinds of things that are actually uh, not congruent with what you really are. And then we wonder why we have varying levels of you know, unhappiness or lack of fulfillment in various parts of our life. And it's because we've gradually allowed these things to, you know, to become our essence. And it's almost like we have a, uh, the question is how does that happen? How do we get these binders? We are always calculating. The mind is always trying to decide in any situation, whether it is a conversation, whether it is a potential new friend and whether we will you know, connect back up with that acquaintance, whether it is a very hot topic in, in the society today, like there's many hot topics right now. Oh yeah. Whenever something comes up, you have an immediate calculation that is, uh, well, you have it first of all, I mean, an immediate awareness of truth, meaning you agree, concur, or you don't. Mm -hmm. or you have a strong opinion or uh -huh. gut instinct. So that's the first thing is your truth is there and then a calculation happens. And the calculation is, if I dissent or disagree with what's around me, whether it's peers in first grade or high school, college, or at your job at 35, if I dissent, there's an immediate physical repercussion. It is some conflict. It is, I got to get out of this relationship, which makes me single, which I feel insecure being single, or I have to adjust my career because I, I realize I'm not in alignment with this. So there's always this immediate repercussion that isn't very pleasant. And then option two is if I uh, disagree with myself and just kind of swallow it down and suppress it, then there's no real immediate problem I got to deal with. I just kind of deal with a little, uh, gee, that's not what I prefer, but I'm going to keep my money or my, my profession. I'm going to keep this you know, social situation pleasant where there's no disagreement and, and I'll just keep pacifying myself. So those calculation, that calculation is made all the time. It's made since we were babies. And so yep. that's how we've gradually veered to where we become more ego mind or extrinsically motivated, which means the things I've learned to be cause and effect, good and bad, uh, are what drive how I choose to, uh, you know, lead my life and the things, the choices that I make versus being more intrinsically anchored, whereby you allow that internal force to authentically allow the action to come up, the words to come up, the separation if it needs to happen to take place and for you to face things that on the outside and the ego mind, so to speak, in the physical uh -huh. reality may seem scary, but actually would create a lot more uh, of a strong continuity of your essence inside, which if you did that, now you don't have this fuzzy thing, you know, obstructing your antenna of what you are. Now the things you draw is in much more unison with what you really are. And the last thing I'll say on that is what we all really are is, of course, we know energy, but also love, love. and to both ourselves and to each other. That's what babies mm -hmm. are from the beginning. So once you're, once you're that essence, then abundance has to flow in. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. All of that. Yes, Aaron. So, right. so and, and you kind of just, not knowing me, describe my life. Because I, being empathic and an, and an intuitive, you know, from a 
very young age uh, and then having it be suppressed because it made other people, my family of origin, uncomfortable, right? Don't, don't say the thing you're thinking out loud. I'm like, but why can't I just tell the truth and, or whatever? Um, to where I fast forward, I was in a, a marriage of 28 years that I was really unhappy in and, uh, and didn't realize it. So, so I was constantly ignoring, when you talk about that fuzziness, I was constantly an internal conflict. Hello, Aaron, it was me. Right. So, but what I found going through it, making the choice to end that relationship became more, I became more empowered, more grounded in my heart, in my life, yes. as opposed to my mind, because my mind was always trying to figure out, like you said, calculate, what, what, right. what am I supposed to do now? And that never gave me the best answer. Yes, and so that was the first mega step toward becoming much more heart-centered or intrinsically driven. Mm -hmm because the mind would have told you what it probably had been telling you all those years that to end the marriage would create havoc or would create more problems. Or and boy havoc. did it for a while, but you have to go through it. Well, yeah, because again, the soul, the energy, the, the spark that we are is infinite millennia old. The mind and all of its ideas of cause and effect is 30, 40, 60 years old or 80 years old. Right, right. So, so when you, the key though is learning how to decipher what is binder external to you, not authentic to you, therefore ultimately not serving you versus what is your actual truth across any given situation. And once you know that, you come out of this need for validation, you come out of it from others. Uh, you know, if you read a book or if you, if you uh, take a class, it's for technical knowledge for example even this book this book is it's spiritual and it's energetic it's business it's all these things but it's really a process for you to figure out how to decrypt your essence that you have been inadvertently ignoring suppressing and kind of bullying you've been bullying yourself by allowing your mind to to control and your mind is just the the result of all the things all the obviously experiences and cause and effect and the the stimulus around it has exerted enough pressure to mold you. And the only difference between people like yourself that is now fulfilled uh, and others, whether they are super famous in whatever they do from business to, uh, you know, a motivation like a Tony Robbins or whomever the person is, mm -hmm. first of all, success is only gauged by the individual on the journey. Mm -hmm. It is some accolade or some measurement but the reality is there is no such thing as an external measure of someone else's fulfillment which is another key point in the book to help people fully understand that because we're miswired uh to believe and to to enact ourselves or to to animate ourselves in a way that's effectively trying to appease an external set of things that ultimately don't really define your own experience you you're, you came in alone, even if you had a twin, your experience being birthed, mm -hmm. your experience in a given situation is always exclusive to you. And so there's no way to be this ultra codependent or this ultra needy of some other approval or validation. That's one of the big things that is also 
um, hurting us as a society. Oh, I completely agree with you on that because um, there's a lot of people that are not uh, consciously aware that the external, the extrinsic, that using that word that you use, is the thing they, they think that the external is what defines them. And, the, and I, I don't believe, I was in that for a while, you know, but I don't believe that anymore. I, what I know is I get to choose. I define myself. And, yeah. and what you just said about um, accolades, looking for accolades, you know, and awards and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm coming to the realization at this age of my life, Aaron, that I don't need those externals that I can approve of myself. I can celebrate myself. I can say, wow, well done for me. Right. And, and, and nobody else needs to tell me. I, I mean, it would be nice, but nobody needs to tell me that anymore. Right. And you can create and be whatever it is you choose to be, mm -hmm. regardless of the so-called credentials right. that, that's, that require you. And obviously there's limits to that in certain sectors, right? You can't say, I'll be a doctor and not go to school and start working on people. But by and large, uh, if you want to be a doctor, you would just do it, no matter what age. You could start it, go down the path, and you can actually do it. So we actually are not limited. And what I've learned about myself, and I use a couple examples of me just to give context in the book, but it's not a memoir. It's not an autobiography, autobiography by any stretch. But I have to set an example. I have to give context for how you might see patterns in your life and then connect those dots. You know, like in my case, I'm a bit of a bridge. I've realized that uh, metaphorically, physically, uh, spiritually, on all levels, I'm essentially a bridge. What does and that mean, Aaron? A bridge. So, hmm. you know, um, I'll just go through the different categories or ways that, that I've realized I'm such. Physically speaking, I'm ambidextrous in very odd ways. <laughs> so left brain, right brain. You know, I, I write left, cut left, bowl left, play tennis left. For all intents, you'd say I'm a lefty. Uh -huh. I, I consider myself a lefty. However, someone can, no one can explain to me why I throw right and I was a dominant pitcher. I shoot basketball, dribble right, I bat right. So a lot of these big things in sports, I'm a righty. But not all sports, because tennis which is a similar throwing motion for the serve. Right. Why do I happen to do a left in that? Why do I bowl in that? So very oddly, evenly balanced. So that's one context. Uh -huh. And then I'm, you know, very athletic, a lot of muscular tone naturally since I was young. Uh, I, I tend to be very assertive in terms of speaking and living my truth and just kind of not cowering. Uh, sometimes I lack patience with the kids. The wife is better there. So I've got all these masculine traits, good and bad. All the things uh -huh. that with masculinity but yet I'm highly nurturing, highly empathic, uh, and highly sensitive in terms of suffering. Like I'll cry in a movie uh, and I'll put myself in the circumstance of others kind of much more than the average woman even. So there, there is, again, there it is, do I, you know, there's both sides bridging, if you will. And then in business, here I've been very successful in business at a very young age, no degree, and I'm black. So I'm embodying a lot of the, barriers that would say no single mom south side chicago all these things and here at a very young age and jobs that require a degree and almost exclusively are white people in the jobs because you're selling to middle-aged white senior executives that are millionaires 
and they'll be in some cases begging their job on the multi-million dollar solutions that I'm proposing that they buy from me. So what are the odds that I, older white man, will put my job on the line for a much younger, they may not know I don't have a degree, but the point is younger and black, I don't typically even see this kind of person in this role. So whether I'm racist or not, how do I have the confidence in that? Well, somehow I was doing that. And yet, despite the business success, here I am now deeply on the spiritual, artistic, esoteric side where very business-minded MBA peers like myself would call that silly woo-woo esoteric stuff. <laughs> you know, there you go. And then if you go- You don't strike me as a woo-woo at all. And yet I get your essence and your spiritual connection and all that stuff. And I've been called woo. I, I've been called woo, woo and more woo. So that's why I'm right. laughing. So yeah. getting what I'm saying about the bridge thing, right? And then mm -hmm. uh, my, my Instagram originally started as a hobby because I've always loved cars. So I, I just look at Instagram, just selfishly looking at others' cars. I've had over 100 cars, all levels, exotic, you know, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, down to Hondas and uh, off-road vehicles, you name it. I'm like a broker Jay Leno. I don't just think <laughs> cars. So I'm doing this, and then I eventually morphed it into deeper more profound uh, messages about what we all are, empowerment, uh, the journey, more introspection, if you will. And I would have these masculine men um, that probably are very guarded in their personal life even, messaging me very kind of mushy uh, you know, things about they thought they were looking at my cars, but they, they realized they really needed my messages of love, acceptance, and also mm -hmm. the point is a bridge. So you thought you came to my Instagram back when I first started it, for the typical eye candy of, you know, travel. You know, we used to travel a lot before COVID, uh, you know, five or six international trips a year. Yeah, yeah. Not at cars and stuff. But in reality, I'm not showboating a bunch of stuff and a bunch of what you can buy with the money. That's, that's there, but little did I realize subconsciously, it was a hook, if you will. It was a bridge to take the person that's otherwise primarily focused on the paradigm of money, career, things, watches, cars, and then they get expanded a bit to, to see their own mirror and realize there's a whole lot more to this, increase their appreciation for wherever they are and whatever they're doing, be in that moment, mm -hmm. and also become more powerful. So bridge. So in, in many fronts, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just metaphorically a bridge. Now, everybody's got patterns about themselves that that is describing and has been trying to get through to their conscious mind. I didn't consciously know I was a bridge all those years when I would um, you know, stand up for my truth or be the only male in certain circumstances in high school where others might have cowered because I wanna be looked a certain way. I would take a class where only girls are in because I had to learn typing because I knew that that was important for my life. All the other guys were taking other classes, vocational stuff and, and weren't there. And it has served me and I didn't cower to that. So like in so many aspects of my life, I was like first, if you will, as in the only, the oddball, weirdo to, to something or another. And I think the whole point of this is nobody is actually better in any way. We're just either more connected to our source or, and less connected, or should I say, or less connected to it. And the more aligned we are, the more internally successful and outwardly 
successful we become. Hence the term self-made people. <laughs> they right. do things that are against, and, and they have to be self-made because they follow the typical boxes. They wouldn't get to that level of Right, right, of exactly. And personal power, personal ownership, yeah. Right, so you have to live, well, you, you us, me, right. we, you have to live out of the box. We've been in societally, culturally, for centuries put in boxes. You know, you yeah. look a certain way, so you go in this box. I look a certain way, I go in this box. It, right. And then, oh, well, you perform this way in school, so you go in this other box. And, and the boxes, the barriers, the containers have either broken down, which is what we're watching, right? Or, yeah. or those containers have expanded enough to include everyone, everyone that wants to be included, right? Not excluded by being in a box, but opening it up enough so we can all jump in the box right and communicate and collaborate and connect because that uh what you're talking about aaron in this uh in how your instagram morphed is you created a larger container for right. those those guys yes those guys to go, hey, what is what else is he talking about? Right, that's a larger container. It showed them it's okay. So, so right, we were we we're both making uh, a different point at the same time, and 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 both are super strong. So yes, the container is expanded for people to to uh, get outside of the notion of what they were, and accept what they were. It's not that they. I don't want anybody to become something. Right, right, right. What I am. I want, right. to, I want to be a mirror of authenticity, an example of authenticity, that it's okay for you to just do you, be you, and it will go well for you. And to be in touch with those parts of yourself, empathy. For example, I have a chapter in the book that's entitled Empathy Can Make You Millions because the world around us, especially to young men, are constantly being taught that to get those Lamborghinis and to get you know all the trappings, you got to be hyper aggressive, look after yeah. people only, it's terrible. And I deliberately want to be the opposite end of that, that says, for all you that have a strong, nurturing, empathetic side that, said, that have just said to yourself, okay, I realize success, uh, notoriety if you are fame or you know, being really good at something and having a lot of money, this is all physical measurements of success. Uh, they will, they're not for me because to have that means you're an ass. To have that means, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, that's what people have concluded. And I want to show them how empathy is actually a superpower, including fiscally and in business, because every single relationship that a CEO makes, all of his ability to move an organization of thousands of employees to work in unison toward a vision that he has, and to be motivated, not just because he said so in their job salary, but because it benefits them. They, exactly. they have connection. That's because he has to be empathic enough mm -hmm. to understand their disposition, their priorities, and what makes them excited to work in that company or in their respective jobs. So mm -hmm. as he speaks to various departments, he's channeling them. Empathy is huge. Or if it's in sales, I was making half a million plus, 23 years old no degree and million dollar house. Empathy was a key thing that I've said 
has helped me. And obviously critical thinking and other things, right, right. Awareness, all that comes into play too. But the strongest thing is you're in the business of people. All of us are in the business of people. And whether it's a relationship, a friendship, a marriage, if you don't have empathy, if you're not, if you're not honing that and allowing that to permeate you, your communication and therefore your ability to connect, because that's what communication does, is hugely stifled and disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. And your marriage or your friendships, a lot of things will end unnecessarily because connection wasn't made. You were communicating out of your own disposition and therefore they can't consume it. They can't absorb it. They can't they relate. To, right. So I'm trying to bridge these things and trying to help uh, people recognize the benefit of, of acknowledging part of our true essence. Yes. Part of our true essence is to nurture. It's the second reason so, here. So the part, so I'm just going to uh, drop in this. Uh, I talk about this often on my podcast, Aaron, that what you've just described to me by you, be, you're the bridge and, and the empathy and all of that is you are modeling what it looks like for, uh, the, for men to uh, embody not only the masculine essence, but the divine feminine, because the divine feminine it is, has been channeling onto the planet for the last five, 10 years. Yeah. And, and yeah. it creates, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. The yin yang and it, and the divine feminine is what's causing the, the, the chaos that we're watching and experiencing right now, because the old way of living over thousands of years with a, just a, 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 a masculine ideology that I'm the boss and you work for me, under me, you know, I'm the king and you're the servant. All the hierarchical systems, yes. Yeah. And it's, it's the entry of new age. Right. Those archetypes. And, and just like your, your yin yang, it's a circle. Right. right? And so right. you're modeling. Yes. Complimentary. It's complimentary. Yeah. yeah. And, and so let me like, something happened recently. So speaking of all the events going on, the BLM stuff, uh, you know, a lot of people are um, on an emotional roller coaster. Yep. Black and white. Yep. You're on a roller coaster. Because, so when you were talking about the box getting bigger, you were talking about in a good way. Well, here's a bad way the box gets bigger. Through the media and through other mass control systems, they help us all jump into boxes. And what is a box? A box just simply means something that is constricting us. It's another binder, right? Yes. If we're energy, energy energy is anything but a specific shape, correct? Yes. Energy is fluid like water just about. So it's not, it doesn't have to be a single form factor. Well, here's an example of how we, how we are allowing things to tell us what we are. And therefore we end up with this separation or this, this conflict inside. Uh, my wife was at a park. We've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And this woman that she had grown acquainted with through a couple visits to the park was there with her four-year-old. And she proudly says to my wife, I told my son that he's got to be nicer to Colton because he's black. <laughs> hold, hold your fire, hold on, cease fire. And, and, I'm, and I, I heard this and I, and I know she means well. She goes on to talk about how 
She was raised in a very diverse area. She never had these views. So think about this. This is how you know she means well, because hey, she brought it up as a, as a gift offering, if you will. Like, look at what I told him. And she was raised in a way that she, she, hasn't, she hasn't, doesn't have a racist bone in her body. But she's been led to believe that she actually is racist. I hear you. Because of all kinds of stuff. So yeah. she doesn't realize, though, Susan, yeah. inadvertently, she has just created racism in her son. She has allowed an external thing to tell her what she is and therefore morph the ideals by which she raises her child to be the very thing she doesn't even want to inculcate in her right. child. Right. And the way that works is the boy now has to say to himself, okay, so I got to be nicer to Colton because he's black. And I got to do that because blacks are often treated not so nicely. And if they're not treated nicely, but I don't have that problem, then that's a better experience for me. So I must be better. So now I'm just- Oh, look at that. Yep, yep. So I've, got, I've got elitism that I've inadvertently mm. created. Mm. And this boy and mother have no idea that Colton at four years old has been to seven or eight countries, you know, has driven in his dad's Lamborghinis and blah, 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 blah. Is anything but need to be pitied. But you've assumed that because of a couple. So what racism is, is to- allow the physical color or, mm -hmm. or whatever physical disposition, prejudice, to be the dominant basis by which you establish a person's credence, value, etc. when it should be the last thing. So what she should be teaching, which I know this mom is what she wants to be doing, is you love and treat every human exactly. with the utmost respect because we love, and nature too, yes. not because because that's an elephant, be nice to it. Because that's a cat, it's a living thing. Exactly. Because that's another boy on the playground, he has nothing to do with, so you're inadvertently, so what's my point? My point is we have so many things that are inadvertently detouring us from the truth. So when she first got that prick from news or something that, that told her, you're actually racist, instead of her saying, no, no. my life looked down or thought I was better than anyone, nor do I believe that they're inferior. I do see how people try and act that way and how this can be implicated and how maybe societal history has shackled, so to speak, or has put certain people systemically behind other races. But a human baby is a human baby is a human baby. So I've never felt that way and dismiss it. That's called following the heart. The yes. mind says... If I don't acknowledge that I'm guilty of this, then I look a certain way, then I'm, then I'm worse. So therefore, let me acknowledge it. And now you have this whole bandwagon approach where there's more whites that are pushing BLM in certain protests. And I'm not even talking about the Antifa agenda. That's different yeah, yeah. of agendas. But you have more people who empathetically, other races are like, we gotta fix this, all because they've been shown a narrative that's actually even false in data, like in terms of the amount of unarmed blacks killed, unarmed whites killed annually, more unarmed whites are killed every year by officers than blacks, full stop. In fact, twice as many. Nobody knows that. And nobody knows the names of these unarmed white men that have been killed many times on camera. There's a guy named Tony Tempa, anyone can Google that, and no one knows his name. Imagine how his family feels knowing that he didn't even make the national news 
Yet the same thing happens to a black guy who is a career criminal and he's martyred, so to speak. And he's, oh, yeah. by, and everyone else is made to feel guilty. So we're so imbalanced and duped. Um, and we get on these emotional roller coasters of guilt and inferiority. And, you know, a, a lot of blacks have come to me, Susan, and said, aren't you teaching your son uh, that this could happen? I'm thinking to myself, oh. it's 10 people, or I might have been 14 last year, out of 40 million blacks. That's a lower odd than getting struck by lightning on a sunny day. Yeah. Why would I tell, teach my son to be to in fear? Son? Yes, it's absurd. So, but that's because that's what the media has made us to think. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so whites are even thinking. So here's the last thing I'll say on that. And here's how more separation happens. Um, whites who are, whites in other races, we'll focus on whites since we tend to be divided that way in this country. It, more division happens because non-racist whites are seeing all these news stories, because that's all they show when yep. a cop does this to a black, and they think it to themselves, wow, it must really suck to be black. Like you can just get killed in the streets by your own cop. And I've seen whites literally crying and really empathetic for how hard it must be. Cops are supposed to protect them and they may call a cop and that cop may kill them just like that. And this is like a minuscule, right. millionth of a percent of a probability, right. much more probable than a white person. And now that causes the white person to be like, I got nothing against blacks, but I don't want my child to ever be romantically involved with the black mm. because holy cow their life is hard so now mm. they've inadvertently created the vision and it's all mm. under the cloak of empathy oh we're trying to help equality they're trying to create more division Wait, so yeah the more, but the more we're anchored within susan I'm, i i know this to be true we're less threatened by each other there's less division we're not worried about who's going to do us wrong mm -hmm. uh secularly in a relationship getting dumped everything that we fear dissuades the more we are become more aware and connected to our heart source because mm -hmm. we don't require the validation and we realize that everything has served us. So therefore we fear the next thing that could seemingly harm us. We fear it less because we know that in hindsight, it's all serving us anyway. And, and if fear drops, connectivity rises and I think the planet improves. Yes, I, oh my God, that's like, that's the, that's the sound bite you need. Fear drops. I'm telling you, Aaron, you got to put that in your Instagram. Fear drops connectivity. If you haven't already, you probably did. Because that's the truth. And that's what we're all, well, the people that I hang out with, you know, the people that I work with, we're all watching this going, when are we going to connect again? When, when are, is everybody going to stop being so Coming. afraid? This is the detox period. So it's, yes. it's darkest before dawn. So I do believe whether it's the pandemic, I'm sorry, pandemic, uh, whether it is the, the civil unrest, all the darkness we feel, the, the huge collapse of economic systems, as dark as it feels, it ultimately is serving us because when we're in these, this trance of mm, this extrinsic mm. way of being motivated, mm. we don't connect with the heart because we're scared of the repercussions of doing so. So we're on dead end jobs that we will never leave and we're squandering our most valuable asset, which is our time. We can't leave it because our mind tells us bills, I have to keep right. going. But when it's taken away, you have no choice but to go through that so-called valley of death or that darkness of uncertainty. Oh no, where's the paycheck? Oh, what's happening with my credit? Will I get evicted? 
you go through all these things and you realize that you survived. And then you, when you start a, and you've even normalized, so it's, the longer it goes on, the better our chance of being able to normalize in that state of uncertainty. So now when things begin to opportunity comes back up, you evaluate opportunities differently. You start to say, okay, I can be okay with less. So therefore, how am I going to spend my most valuable asset? Is it going to continue to be with something that I have no hard connection with? Or am I going to, so I think in many ways it's going to serve us. Relationships are going to become more aligned after they go through the darkness, if you will, yep. as well as uh, career, which is the time we spend with our, you know, um, in our lives. So everything you just said, Aaron, just now is exactly what happened to me when I chose to stand for myself and learn to love and respect myself and listen to my inner guidance, you know, and unbounded journey to your within and going within is what saved me and doing my inner work, just yep. what you said, so that I came out of my divorce happier and healthier and I have a, an amazing relationship and I get to do the work I love to do, not the work I have to do because I have to pay my bills, right? Yep. I'm choosing the work I get to do. And, it, and, and I, I'm saying that out loud to everybody that's listening because it, what Aaron just described is absolutely, I, I agree with you, happening and it's possible. You, if you've just lost your job, if you got laid off because of all of this, there is a better yet to be coming to you because where you were no longer served you, no longer worked. And, and sometimes it has to be taken away or we have to get hit over the totally. head to go, oh. Successful people will tell you that their best follow-up job happened when they were booted out of yep. another job because yep. they would never take that step because it was scary. Humans hate change. Why get out of what I know, what I've been good at, what's safe? I might go to this next job. What if I hate the people, but I'm stuck there? Or what if I don't perform? Or what if, what if, what if? So I'm going to, not to mention if it's a whole different type of work, you really don't want to risk that. So you will just stay there. Right. And it's a gift when something gives you that boot. <laughs> when it kicks yep, you, yep. you have no choice. It's kind of like it's a gift when a mama bird kicks that bird off the nest because it otherwise may not have ever tried it. No, why would, why would we leave when it's so comfy and she comes and she it's feeds safe. me? Why should I go learn how to fly? Put directly into my mouth. I got to do huh? no work. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. So Erin McCormick, thank you for joining me today. I love where this conversation went. It would be awesome to have more of this conversation with you because I think people need to hear. And uh, anyway, so the book is called Unbounded Journey to Your Within. And where can people get it? Typical Suspects. It's on barnesandnoble.com. It's on Amazon. Uh, I think it's on Walmart. Most of the large retailers. If you, if, and also my website. Go to Unbounded Book or AaronMcCormick.com. AaronMcCormick.com. Aaron, thank you so much. And I want to uh, acknowledge the work that you are personally doing, that you've done for yourself and that you are doing by becoming the bridge. I, I really, really appreciate all that you are. It's gonna make me cry. She, <laughs> all that you are and where you're going and that you are one of those people that is a bridge for where we all need to go as humanity. Thank you so much. You. So <laughs> I'm just gonna end with, and so it is, namaste. 
Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time.